Hello and welcome to episode number 12 of Fabulous and Female with Lisa Perry. I'm Helen Corsi Cadmore, an award-winning business, mindset and fertility coach and a mum to twin girls. And I'm Jane Mack, a visibility coach, best-selling author and mum to two boys. And our podcast is about having honest conversations with busy, ambitious females about growing your business to create financial freedom, having a better balanced life and avoiding burnout. If you enjoy this episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. Hello and welcome to this episode of Fabulous and Female. Today we are delighted to be joined by the wonderful Lisa Perry. Lisa is a growth strategist and mentor to established and ready to grow female business owners. Lisa supports women to take the formidable leap away from their daily operations and to step confidently into the strategic CEO role in order to generate consistent financial and time freedom and ultimately a robust business. Lisa is also a multi-award winning business owner across property and development, health and wellness and e-commerce. And when Lisa is not helping female business owner, she enjoys spending time with her husband and her three children, socialising and travelling. So welcome, Lisa. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Jane and Helen. And what an absolutely gorgeous introduction. I could listen to your voice all day, Jane. That was absolutely lovely. Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. You're very welcome. (laughs) So, Lisa, we would love to know, with such a lovely background and being an award-winning business owner, what has inspired you to do what you do today? Well, it's been a bit of a journey, Jane. Um, and <laughs> oh, we love a journey. Love a journey. <laughs> I think ultimately what inspires me to do what I do today, which is coaching female business owners, is a real passion to help women achieve achieve their potential ultimately um seeing people's potential is something that i realized through my years of owning businesses other businesses and businesses across multiple sectors is something that i have a bit of a skill for it's something i really enjoy doing and as i've got older basically i've (laughs) realized more and more how challenging it is for women to to really do that ultimately Um, and I suppose who I'm talking about is women who are trying to start or grow a business whilst also becoming mothers I don't work with mothers exclusively at all I have actually have several clients right now who don't have children um, and have lots of other responsibilities but I think that's something that really has come to the fore for me over the past couple of years in particular is how extra challenging it is for women and being somebody who's never felt affected by um, sexism I've never felt like I've been held back because I'm a woman um, it's sort of come as a surprise to me to realize quite how challenging it can be for women so Mm -hmm. how I kind of started really championing championing women was actually in uh, my health and wellness business when I put some of my team through some national awards which they individually won and we won 
couple of years running as as a business and I really loved that I absolutely loved doing it and some of these staff had come to me underqualified actually at the Mm. time uh, for the role that they were that they were performing with me but I knew I could really see their potential I could see that they hadn't been really given the opportunities I I could see Mm. they maybe found it difficult you know to to really grasp what had come their way and uh, that definitely ignited a bit of a passion in me to start supporting people on a one-to-one basis bringing out the best of people isn't it and it's it's a real quality I think that when you can see that in people as well you know people don't often see it in themselves and I think from an outside point of view looking in when you can see the opportunities that people can have is um is a fantastic quality you mentioned the word there challenges quite a few times that you're challenging what would you say have been your main challenges throughout all your businesses um my main challenges i think actually if i if i had to kind of sum this up because obviously I, i've experienced different challenges in mm. different businesses but i think if i was really summing this up and being kind of uh, critical i suppose of my own journey i would say really ultimately not taking responsibility for what it is that i personally want there's been yeah. lots of different challenges in terms of business activity business growth let's say for example recruitment yeah please share please share well of course I could talk about you know challenges in different sectors healthcare businesses I work with a lot of different healthcare providers in their private practices it's an area that I work in a lot these days and I coach those business owners recruitment is a constant problem in that industry because obviously we're Mm. recruiting skilled staff see stock is very difficult at the moment prices are inflated materials are very expensive trades are difficult to get hold of in our e-commerce business of course my e-commerce business supplies beauty salons across the uk and obviously lots of them have been shut for quite a long period of time so there's lots of different challenges but if i if i had to really pin down what my own personal challenges have been over the past uh, throughout my business journey, really, I would say not really taking responsibility for what it is that I want, or sometimes even knowing what it is, and then mm. falling into that kind of trap of sometimes I don't really want to be doing this, you know, yeah. feeling resentful about where I am, what I'm doing, and I think <clears throat> really taking starting to take responsibility for that and getting very very clear mm. on what you want why you want it how much you want it and what you're actually prepared to do to achieve it it's a real gift um if you can get to that point definitely Mm -hmm. and and just on that so what changes have you made then to make things better for you well i suppose again as an overarching response to that i would say completely stepping into a a strategic role in all of my businesses Mm. so i rarely get sort of pulled back into daily operations in any of them these days and that was how do you find that sorry how do you find that is that something you 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 found easy to do I have actually yeah I found it easy to do once the decision was made I think it's 
a very difficult transition to make for some business owners because obviously there's a level of growth that's required to support it. But it's something that I hear from a lot of my clients. I don't know if you guys hear this from any of your clients, that it's a place that most business owners want to get to if you're running a small business, particularly a service-based business. So I work with a lot of health businesses, might be physio practices, podiatry practices, large salons, larger chains of beauty salons, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. those type of businesses. And it can be really difficult because that's a service-based business mm-hmm. to actually fully step out of daily operations and and not have that phone call saying, you know, oh my goodness, you know, we're really stuck today. Somebody's called in sick yeah. or whatever it may be. The alarm's going off, can't get into yeah. the building, all the, the doing yeah. things, yeah. And, yeah. and there are still challenges, of course there are. Um, you know, and, and if any of my businesses do require me, of course, I then have the flexibility to actually help and support. Mm. These days, I actually really love going into them because I like seeing my team and yeah. I like being part of it. And sometimes it's a really welcome break to actually roll my sleeves up and oh, and help. Yeah. But, um, but that's yeah. that's a difference though, isn't it? It's your choice then to do that. Yes. And yeah. everything runs more smoothly. So, mm. yeah, I think just completely stepping into a role that I actually want to um, do every yeah. day, which also allows me to coach my clients, which is really what I love doing. Yeah. So not just facilitating. Um, I think a lot of business owners end up in a role where what they're doing every day is ensuring everybody else has a job and a role that, they want or need and Mm. which is good to begin with but actually can feel quite exhausting when there's nothing Mm. it can start to feel as though there's nothing in it for you as a person yeah Yeah. thanks Lisa just on that I remember um when I when I had Tiger so every Christmas I used to be very much like you I was obviously a director of a business but I love going into the stores you know I still love seeing the team and I love getting my hands dirty but every Christmas we would all of our head office would go in and choose a store to work in when we go in and be else for the day and you know we wouldn't tell which store we were going in and, and you know we would just really get involved and just work really hard as, as retail staff do but I loved it and that was you know it was a, an opportunity for me to, to sort of ground myself as well and remember you know, we started on the shop floor and, and, and where we got to. So, but it is a choice. And I, yeah, I, I like what you said then. So thank, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, I mean, I totally resonate with what you're saying, Lisa, because mm. I know in my last business, it was very hard to step away from the daily ops because yeah. you're in the office every day with the everyday things going on mm. and your team turned to you for everything. What do we do about this? What about that? And you end up jumping in and helping all the time. And I remember years and years and years ago when I started that business, I had a business mentor through, it was through Escher Chamber of Commerce, through a program they had. And I'll never forget, he always said to me, that he had worked with a company, it was a plumbing company, mm. and when well, he was working with the owner, and he said to the owner, of it, he says, first thing I'm going to tell you to do is, he says, take that boiler suit off, put a suit on, and run your business. Because he was the owner of the company, and he was out doing the jobs. Yeah. And you're talking about going into that CEO role, which is basically that, get the boiler suit off, put your suit on, and run your business. Yeah, um, yeah. And I always remember that. I, I always think about that when times come, and I think, 
why am I running around doing all this stuff that my team can do? Yeah, yeah. I think the problem is sometimes we're it can be scary to let go. And sometimes think, well, if I just do it, then it's done, and then I don't need to worry about it. But you're you're not you're only making your life harder for yourself, aren't you? Yeah. Um, and I think there's so, a yeah, real yeah. there's a real decision point for a lot of business owners. Yeah. Yes, it feels at some point easier to keep sort of supporting, making decisions, being the point of contact all you know for every minute of the day. But mm. as much as a business might rely on a single person i.e the owner a business at a certain stage also will have the capability to run without that one person for at least a percentage of the time and i think what actually happens in owner-led businesses is that that the owner although we may say we don't want to be here every day or we've got so much work to do in the office you know we we shouldn't really be on the reception desk we shouldn't really be you know cleaning the room or whatever it is yeah, that, yeah. that they're doing or and we've all done um there's often a really big element of indecision there mm. from the business mm. owner's point of view and the indecision really i think comes from fear of yeah. i do say i want this i do say that i want to work from home three days a week but really, I don't actually know what that entails. I don't yeah. know if the business can afford it. I don't know if my staff really can hold the fort. I say they can, or I kind of moan that they should be able to. But actually, I'm not doing anything about putting them in that position. I haven't mm. communicated with them what I really want. I don't know how they'd feel about doing it on their own. Mm. I don't know if I actually want to stay at home because actually I'm not particularly organized with what it is that I'm doing. I, I, I say I want to do all my own bookkeeping, but secretly I have no idea what that entails. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So actually, there's Anyone usually want a to real... do their own bookkeeping. Oh God, I know. Well, right. you know an example. It's a back <laughs> thing to coach that out of them for sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, of course. But you know, there's there's things that people, as business owners, we say we want to do, mm. but there's usually an element of indecision there, really, because yeah. if you handed that opportunity to a business owner on the plate and I know a few years ago if I'd have been offered that opportunity I think I'd suddenly would have thought oh so what does that really look like you know what does that mean for me what am I actually going to need to produce if I'm if I'm doing that and then all the ifs and buts about the practical Mm day-to-day yeah no absolutely and I think definitely it's that making those decisions is uh, it's quite a hard thing for a business owner to make those mm. and takes a, a wee bit of practice and a bit of work out and as you say it depends on your team your staff and everything so yeah there's, there's a lot goes into it um lisa what would you say over over the years and across obviously your many different industries of businesses is there anything that you would do differently looking back yes i would i would have taken action sooner to check to make the businesses my position in the business is what I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that. And do you know what? Yeah. For you to say that now as well, I think is it's it's not brave isn't the right word, but I I completely get it. It's making that decision and what could have been different. And like you said, you know, stepping back into that 
strategic role it's not you know hindsight is is a bit of a great thing isn't it and I'm not saying look back but I think for a lot of business owners out there it's a really really good thing to listen to them is to is to make the decision to do things sooner because like you said we get you know we do get bloody fearful we do get a bit scared but actually everything can be changed you know if something goes wrong you can rectify it so yeah step into step into the unknown and see what happens yeah and I think I think probably to be honest I'm actually starting some new businesses at the moment and it's such a lovely thing (laughs) how many more businesses can you actually run Lisa Perry well this is the thing you know once you once you know what you want to do or how to do something it's actually a wonderful point to be at yeah to sort of start again and, and you move a business into a comfortable position so much faster and that's a wonderful place to be but to but in all honesty if I had the chance now to go back even five years certainly 10 I probably wouldn't have continued I, I wouldn't continue some of the businesses that I have today because mm-hmm. what how how difficult they were yeah. how incredibly time and energy consuming they were for, mm. for many many too many years I definitely wouldn't have carried them on yeah. um, wouldn't carry them on now yeah. they're all fine now but has it been worth has it been worth it probably not mm. um is how you know did you get to that decision how, how did you how did you get to the point where you go oh do you know what I'm I'm not going to do this anymore. Is it? Is it something that you decided? Have you had people surrounding you, your network, your support? You know, how do you make those decisions now? Well, actually, I've not. I haven't actually closed any of my businesses. I've kept everything running. I have made decisions to completely step back and kind of leave businesses for a period of time. My yeah. e-commerce business is a really good example. The industry is basically closed. The investment mm. in it to to sort of run it and grow it is high. And I have let it sit and it's it's been painful because some elements of that business have not really run as they should and it's not been that comfortable for me. But it's a decision based on economic information and yeah. that's they are the decisions and they are that that's the information that I now use to make decisions. It's not necessarily heartfelt. Yeah. So I haven't actually closed businesses in answer to your question because they all have now come to a point or come into a position or a state of being that I'm happy with. If I went back five years and I I knew what I know now, Mm. I would have certainly closed one of them. Yeah. And the reason that I didn't is because I didn't know what it would look like clearly enough yeah. to close them. So yeah. I plowed on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting you said there, isn't it? A lot of things now we re- we rely on factors that are out of our control. So, you know, we can do everything we can that's in our control to be the best version of your business, yourself, etc. But there's so many external factors now that we, we've got no control over. Mm-hmm. So I, I get it. It's, it's a difficult one. It is. So you mentioned you you mentioned about time and energy, and you you come to a place now where you're you're in a good place. You can make sort of strategic decisions and step back. So what in you know in all this time, what do you actually do to look after yourself? What do you do for you? Mm. This is such an interesting question to me, and I 
hear it so much there's so much chatter about this isn't there in the online space mm-hmm. um yeah instagram linkedin not so much you know everybody's talking mm-hmm. about you show, showing up as your best self self-care you know mindset positivity journaling all of that stuff and to be honest i only really buy into that minimally i do okay um what i do buy into is a lot of deeper work that i have kind of realized has a bigger effect on me so i know you both know i'm a belief coding facilitator so i use much deeper kind of techniques and tools now to help me through periods when I know that I'm basically stopping myself, holding myself yeah. back or scared of something. Um, Do you want to just explain, least to the audience, if, if they don't know what a, a belief coding, what you just said was? Facilitator. facilitator. Yeah, facilitator. Yeah, I couldn't coding. think of the word you said then. Did you say coach now? Facilitator. Yeah, it's a nice yeah. word, actually, because it's not kind really? of, a, you know, it's not a coach. It's not. Yeah. What I do is I hold space using various techniques for my clients. And I use the reason I became a belief coding facilitator is because when I'm coaching business owners through the process, I usually work with business owners for 12, 16 weeks as a minimum. And during that time, we are likely to, to uncover issues, thoughts, feelings, and ultimately beliefs that that person holds that is holding them back ultimately. Um, So for example, if I was working with somebody and they want to start doing public speaking and they really want to, you know, get to a fantastic position where they're maybe speaking on a national or international level, we might sort of discuss why that's not happening for them And they may then say, I actually feel petrified about doing that. Yeah, yeah. For example, I'm I'm using really basic examples here, but no, no, it's good. Yeah, yeah. Public speaking, really common, isn't it? But yet, lots of people do want to do it, but we don't actually put ourselves forward for it. And so, what we would do is we jump into a belief coding session and Mm. we are able to tap into the subconscious and really find where that belief comes from. It's similar to hypnotherapy. I know that you do hypnotherapy. It includes different techniques all in one session. So we use, for example, some EFT in there. We use breath work. Um, And we go back to the memory and using the belief coding modality, we actually release the emotion that was trapped at a moment in time during childhood usually and we release that emotional charge by actually revisiting the moment that the trauma happened. And by yeah. trauma, I, it doesn't always have to be, you know, something that people would naturally say is a trauma. It's not necessarily a car crash. It could have been a, a shouting at by a grumpy teacher, you know. Yeah. So we go back yeah. to that moment. <laughs> we release the emotional charge. And we are actually also able in one session to code in a new belief so some i might believe if i go and speak on a stage in front of 200 people i am going to get laughed at that might actually be my my true belief yeah. if i speak yeah. in public i will be laughed at mm-hmm. 
well, we can actually find where that belief comes from. We can release the emotional charge around it. But in the same session, we can actually code in one or multiple new beliefs. So we can code in, for example, when I speak in public, I feel on top of the world. When I speak in public, my audience loves what I say. Mm. And it's very personal to the the client what we do here but we are actually able to code that in in the one session so what happens is this huge sense of relief is Mm. felt by the client and they are then able to move forward so much more freely with what they're trying to do without feeling like consciously they know they want to get that speaking gig yeah and this could be anything to do with your business Mm. I'm using speaking because most people relate to it. Yeah, but yeah. It could be anything to do with your business at all. But let's just say it's speaking. We are trying to get these speaking gigs. We know it's going to be great for our business. Consciously, we think we'd enjoy the whole scenario, the whole situation around actually getting this big speaking gig and traveling and meeting people yeah, and standing yeah. on the stage. Mm-hmm. But still, we don't put ourselves forward for it. Mm. It's and so it's like nice. wading through treacle, isn't it? Running yeah, your business it, like that is like yeah. wading through treacle. And so back it to your is. question, what I realized is that even though I was doing lots of the self-care stuff, the mindset stuff, under duress, I must say, it doesn't come naturally to me. Mm. When I was triggered, when something did come up for me in my business, let's say staff conflict, team conflict, all the mindset stuff in the world wasn't going to help me. It all went to SH1T. (laughs) And I had to start thinking, why? Why is that going to shit? Why is this journaling thing not really help? And it's because I personally was triggered what was coming up for me and actually having a tool then to use belief coding on myself to work through that and realize, hang on, this is something much deep. Why am I feeling like after 17 years of business ownership, I don't want to go into my office and yeah. sit with some team down? Why? Yeah, and what you're avoiding, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So and I, I love that. With my, um, my clients, I just amalgamate it into, into coaching programs because I don't, I think busy entrepreneurs do find it difficult to integrate any type of, consistent mindset practice mm-hmm. and often I find that it's obliterated when they're triggered anyway yeah, um, yeah. so we use belief coding but I also am a massive advocate of simplicity um, I during the working week I eat very simply I try not to eat any sugar I have you know an avocado and a tin of tuna tuna and a stick of celery or so, you know I try and do that I try and drink water <laughs> I don't go to the gym anymore. It was too much pressure, although I love it. I also am a really big believer in creating your environment to support you as much as you can. And for me, where I live is a massive is a massive part of that. Yeah, I just literally like nodding like a nodding dog. You know everything you were saying, and and especially the belief coding. I I work very similarly under a different um potential nlp work but very similar working with unconscious mind to work with the triggers that are causing 
you know, the, the problems that are stopping you from moving forward. So absolutely relate to that. And the same actually, like, I have never journaled in my life. And it's something I just, I just won't do. It's not that I won't do it because I'm being a bit of an ass, And I'm like, no, I'm not doing it. I, it's just something that doesn't sit with me. So for me, it's like, what, and this is something that I think should really work for everyone is what works for you. So like yeah. you said, you know, getting your environment right, that is massive for me as well. Absolutely massive. Um, you know, getting outdoors is the one thing I do. I, I do eat sugar in the week, though. I do. Oh, I, totally I, I know. Oh, 100%. oh God. I, it's something. And it's interesting. I'm just starting to think now. I'm going off a bit of a tangent. But when I was on my huge fertility journey, I was able to cut out all sugar. I, I was, you know, eating so, so well because I was trying to get to a goal. I was trying to get to get something and be in control of it. And now that's kind of gone I kind of slipped back into eating mm. rubbish again that I never did. So that's something I'm going to work on this afternoon, actually. I'm going to think, what, what's actually triggering me to go back well, to it? I must admit, the sugar oh. thing is not is not particularly... I don't find it particularly easy, actually. Mm. But I think for most women that own and run businesses, yeah. you are pulled from pillar to post. If you have a family as well, you have, you, you know with all the will in the world, the time that you have for you is is minimal if you have it at all. And yeah. so I think as much as there are so many things that you can do, also having those options can make you feel like you're failing at doing them in the first mm. place. So yeah. I think anything that you can do to make your life as enjoyable as simple and as simple. supportive to you yeah, as you possibly yeah. can yeah. is Absolutely. a good thing. And yes, sometimes I think I think that does actually include being firmer with yourself. You know, I don't I don't mm. actually think that all the time it's far, it's okay or good even to say, listen, it's going to be such a tough day. Go and buy a back packet of chocolate digestives, and everything's going to get better. <laughs> Because oh, I don't know. It does make you feel half an hour though, doesn't it? Ultimately, <laughs> does it? This is my question. Does make things better? <laughs> ultimately, does it though? I love yeah. digestive as much as anybody, yeah. but you know the sugar slump, the extra couple of pound that you probably gain even in a week by doing it, that. Ultimately, we beat ourselves up. Ultimately, it leads to us feeling like we're failures. Yeah. You know, ultimately, we don't like it. And so mm. I think this kind of goes back to my whole point about decision. Mm. And for me, trying as much as I can to eat super healthily in the week is a decision that I've made yeah. based on some health issues that I have, for one, but also based on the fact that I don't like it when it's the mm. weekend and I have a social event and I honestly feel like a beach ball because I sit down a lot for my job. I don't like that. I don't like the sugar slump. Yeah, I don't yeah. like the fact that I've done it, mm. you know, that I have certainly eaten a pack. I don't like that. Mm. So it actually comes back to decision again, which is yeah. what do you really want, you know? Yeah. How do you really want to feel? How, what do you want your body to be like? You know, and it really, yeah. it is just about the decision. Absolutely. Uh, so it and yeah. it's very simple. If I have to yeah. run out of the house, I literally grab an avocado, a hard-boiled egg. I do have hard-boiled eggs in the fridge. A pot of hummus, a thing of celery, 
a bottle of water I do drink coffee and that's how I try and you know live through the week yeah sometimes I have a glass of wine because I want to feel like a grown-up <laughs> and I do try to do that too but you know it's just decision and then yeah, I look forward to you saying Helen about goals I think a goal in terms of how you look after yourself mm-hmm. during your working week is it's great to have a goal from that point of view. I'm not a huge fan of goals per se, but for you, it's good to have a goal. I always base my eating on social events and it helps me. Interesting. Yeah. You know, when I get to a social event, I've got, mm. you know, we're so busy at the moment socially. I just say, keep going to this social event and mm. then I do let my hair down and I really love food and I love wine and, and I enjoy it. I really enjoy it so much more than I do when I'm just stuffing my face all week. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Food is really interesting. It is, yeah. And that's the thing, isn't it? You've got to do what works for you. And some great tips though in there. Thanks for being so honest on that, Lisa, as well. Oh, I can't think about food now, though. (laughs) As always. always. You were just saying, Lisa, you're already starting with other businesses. So what direction are you actually heading in at the moment with your businesses? I suppose really everything that we're doing now with the businesses is um, changing the businesses we have or expanding and diversifying the businesses to create businesses that really do just run from a management management model. So although I am in a management, I suppose, position at the moment, we still own and run the businesses So it's really looking at how we can become even more hands-off with all of the businesses and stepping back further, which also will allow more expansion because obviously if you are owner-operator of individual businesses, it can be difficult to expand. So we we really are just looking at how we can become more hands-off. For example... In my property business, we flip property, we buy, renovate and sell in a short space of time. We have a model that has worked really well for us over the past five years. And now I'm looking at uh, buy to let more and just quickly growing a portfolio of very specific properties. Even though our model works very well, over the period of each of the projects, they require heavy management Mm, yeah, so absolutely. really creating a, a bigger buy-to-let portfolio allows you then to fully step away from that the cyclical nature of project management mm. um, yeah. so that's just an example nice. exciting exciting and was that one of the things you said you're starting new businesses was that one of the the, the new businesses you're looking to start the bike the buy-to-let that is one you? of them and I do have a couple of others that I can't talk about at the moment. I knew you were gonna say that. It's <laughs> <laughs> like gonna get it out of you. No. I know, yeah. To be honest, the business that I'm focusing on at the moment in terms of my own development, my own enjoyment and what I love spending my days doing is my coaching business. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, I so love I just love working with other business owners and mm-hmm. I love the fact that they experience what I experienced when I s- stopped yeah decided yeah. things were going to change yeah found a network obviously as you all know we all started working with Andrea and things began to change for the better 
Yeah. Um, or not necessarily for the better, things went awful, but they started to go in the direction I wanted them to go in. And I just love the fact that that can happen for anybody who makes the decision to make it happen. Yeah, yeah, great. Okay, so there's any, anyone out there that's listening that is thinking of starting a business or growing a business, what would you say your top tip would be for them? My top tip for people that are starting out actually would be to do something that I definitely didn't, which would be to invest first, Mm -hmm. take time to answer and understand the difficult stuff first. Nice, okay. And really know what you're trying to achieve and where you want to be in the beginning. And that can actually be difficult when you're so inspired Mm -hmm. and you have this fantastic idea that you desperately want to start working on because you really do want to get out of your employee position, (laughs) which I understand I get totally. I would say take the time to, to really think it through, make your plans, create your strategy and overarching all of that ask questions get professional help go out and find a network and don't be protective over your idea and your thoughts and your ideas go and find people that you can really bounce that off and have that absolute certainty that you're what you're doing is right you're doing it in the right way or the best way you know how at that moment in time and you have a support network around you that will allow you to achieve what it is you want to achieve in the fastest possible time mm-hmm. so many tips in there I'm sure that was more than one but fantastic <laughs> and the support network is one of my things you know it's crucial and and what's that saying your network is your net worth isn't it um yeah, yeah. Great top tip there. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, Lisa, one final question for you, going back to our favourite subject of food. Uh, we would love to know, even on those days when you are allowing yourself some sugar and making that decision, what would be your favourite cake? Carrot, 100%. Oh, there was no mess in there. Straight in. Carrot cake. Yes. Carrot. <laughs> Didn't think you'd get a short answer from me today, did you? But that's one. <laughs> Brilliant. I think we've only had one other guest that said carrot cake straight yeah. away. Yeah. Jane, yeah. Jane is obsessed with lemon drizzle. Lemon I love drizzle. It. How are you? Lemon drizzle. I'm, I'm, chocolate. Like me. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm so, chocolate. I am spoiled because my sister owns two restaurants. She's an incredible oh, yeah. chef. Oh, nice. She's a team of amazing chefs. And oh. I am so spoiled with an incredible homemade cake counter of all sorts of fancy you know pistachio cream and this but i would still choose a gooey carrot cake okay and it's a good thing you said then gooey because some carrot cakes can be a little bit dry and yeah if you get a rubbish carrot cake it puts you off for life so yeah gooey carrot cake (laughs) i could i could talk about food for forever it's my favorite (laughs) subject isn't it Oh, Lisa, thank you so, so much. Thank you guys so much. It's been really fun. Really interesting everything you've said. Definitely. And Lisa, if people out there want to follow you or see more what you're all about, where can they find you? 
I have a website, it's lisaperry.com, and it's Lisa Perry, P-E-R-R-I-E, which is really irritating because I know everybody's, it's one of those uh, surnames that you have to spell every time you say it. LisaPerry.com, yeah. Um, I'm also on Instagram, Lisa Perry underscore coach, and I'm on LinkedIn. So yeah, I'd love to hear from anybody who wants to chat about their business or just find out what other people are up to. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you so much. And I'm sure there'll be lots of people. It was really interesting. Um, and across a, a number of varied industries as well, which will resonate with a lot of people. So thank you so much. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. And see you soon. Yes, thank, thank you so you, much, Lisa. guys. Thank you for having thank me. You. We end every episode with a top tip for you. And today's top tip is smile. It's infectious. And I'll leave a message to you as always. Remember to do the one thing that makes you feel fabulous. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review.